0: Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Start Harvest. Like Cole said, Harley and Vanessa are on a little weekend, or a little week getaway um, this weekend, and he's asked me to get this series, Crazy Enough, kicked off and get started this morning. And I'm excited to do so because the topic of this series is the very reason that my family and I are here. I think the very reason that God led us here. So I want to start this morning by just asking you a question, and you don't have to answer out loud, just think about this question. So have you ever walked into a, a social gathering, maybe a party or something like that, and you walk into the room and almost immediately you feel out of place? For, for whatever reason, maybe the people are really nice and it's not the people, maybe they aren't, but maybe it's the location, but for some reason you just feel like you don't fit in there. You know, I think at some point in our life we, we all have that feeling, we all experience that. And and I know for me, when I experience that, when, when I walk into a setting that I don't feel like I belong in, what I want to do is turn around and walk out. But most of the time I don't, if there's food. If there's food, I don't. But no I, I don't because it's rude right so we we just hang around but when we do hang around um, we're concentrated on that feeling that we have that out of place feeling we have so it's hard to focus on the real reason you're there for whatever the function is so and i think you know we all we all experience that at some point or another in our life and if if i'm just completely honest with you this morning for a lot of my life, that was pretty much my church experience. When I came into a church worship experience, I just felt like I was a little out of place for whatever reason. And I think part of the problem or part of the reason behind that um, was as this church for me, it looked different than anything else that I'd experienced Um, Because everything else on outside of the church continued to change. Um, Technology changed and culture changed and even language changes a little bit over time. But it seems like to me that a lot of the churches that I was part of growing up and part of as, as even an adult, and it, it somehow the church just got stuck in time. And it was almost like walking back in time, you know, a good 30, 40, 50 years. And nothing really ever changed there. Um, and, and for me, along with that, some other things that that just made me feel a little bit out of place was the fact that there were, seemed to be these rules and these traditions, and some of them were spoken and some of them were not not spoken um, about, but and just as an example, one of them for me was you had to dress up to go to church. It was just maybe an unspoken rule that you had to dress up. You needed to dress up in order to go to church. Um, and another one that, that I personally experienced is you have to use a certain Bible. That's the Bible that you have to use. Um, and, and one, uh, another one was the fact that um, you had to get your life right before you came to church. It's, it's really weird and, and a really unbiblical view. And we don't have time to go into all that. But it was like you had to get everything right before you come to church. Because don't bring that stuff in here. And if you can't get everything right, at least pretend like you have it all together. And that's kind of what I, what I experienced in the churches that, that we spent time in. Um, and for all of those reasons, I kind of viewed church for a point in time as irrelevant to me. Um, I, I didn't understand everything the the preacher said, and 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 just all those things in combination with one another, it kind of made me feel like it wasn't really relevant for me and for my life. Um, and you know, if you spent much time in a traditional church setting, you may look at that and you may think, well, that was that's just normal. That's just the way church is. And, and that's what I experienced. The people that were there every Sunday had been there for years. That was the norm to them. No matter how odd the environment was to people coming in from the outside and no matter how many obstacles they had to navigate and all these traditions and, and rules, it was just norm to them. It was the norm. Um, and so they, they didn't it become a blind spot to them. And they didn't even realize for the most part, I think, that they were actually getting in the way of people trying to make their way to God. And, and maybe that's your church experience. I know many of you have tried uh, the church thing at some time in the past before coming here and, and maybe you worked up the nerve to, to go to church or go back to church and you go in and you just feel like you're a little bit out of place maybe. Um, for whatever reason, maybe the people were really nice and it wasn't the people, but for whatever reason you just felt like you didn't fit. And that that was that was how I was. That was my church experience. For a lot of years, that's the way. It was, and I think that what the tendency to do churches have to do is the same, same thing we tend to do: is we find something that works, and we just keep on doing that, and doing it, and doing it, and doing it, and eventually we we forget why it even worked in the first place. You know, the for me coming from a pretty much unchurched background, that was kind of the way it felt for me for, for many years. And I believe, don't, don't get me wrong here, I believe it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. And we are not naive enough to think that the way we're doing church here is perfect. That's not it at all. But what I am saying is, the way that we're doing church can be very effective for bringing people that are far from God to have a meeting with their Heavenly Father. And I believe it takes all kinds of churches to do that. You know, and as, as times change and, and people change and technology and language and all that change, I think churches, they just they had a tendency to get stuck on doing things the old way because it, that's the way it once yeah. worked. But it, it kind of morphs into we're doing it because we've always done it and then we're doing it because that's the way God approves And then we're doing it because it's the only way to do it. And then you can't change any of it because it's tied to the way that God wants you to do church. And you can't change maybe the preaching style or the music or the technology you use. You can't change any of that. And if we're not careful, we can end up loving the particular way we do church more than the particular people that God has called us to reach. And, and if I just bore you the rest of the time I'm up here, or if you've fallen asleep, if your neighbor's asleep, just shake them gently, not hard, and, and just listen to this one thing and walk away with this one thing that I say. If, if we are not careful, we can end up loving the way we do church, a particular way we do it, more than a particular people that God has called us to reach. And our methods, that's the things we do, can actually get in the way of our message. And, and that's what I experienced. The, the, the message that, that will never change. The message of the gospel of God sent His only Son to die for all the sins of mankind. And then and, and He died on the cross and three days later He rose from the dead. That message that, will, that has never changed and will never change. If we're not careful, the things we do, the methods that we use as churches can hinder people. From getting that message. And you know, the, the prob- the, this idea that, that we can actually prevent people from getting to God or make it harder by the things we do is not a new problem. Um, Jesus, um, when he was here on earth during his ministry in the first century, he experienced some of these same, um, not the same traditions, but the idea that traditions and rules can actually get in the way of people coming into relationship with their Heavenly Father. And over and over in Scripture, uh, we see Jesus in order to reach them with the message of the gospel. And Jesus did things that were considered very unorthodox and and non-traditional in order to do that. And this caused an uproar, especially among a group of people called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the the group of people that would take God's actual law and then they would add some rules to the end of that law and they would add some tradition and some more rules. And and before you knew it, they had it way out here when God's actual law was back over here. Um, And so these people really took issue with Jesus. They didn't understand him. They didn't understand why he did the things he did, the methods that he used. They didn't understand why he chose to spend his life with the people that he chose to spend his life with. And Jesus on more than one occasion, he told them that hey you're not helping people, you're actually hurting people from coming into relationship with their Heavenly Father. And today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Matthew's account of the gospel, in Matthew chapter 9. And Matthew was one of Jesus' followers, and he followed around Jesus, and he wrote down what Jesus did, and he said. And we have that recording there in the book of Matthew. It was just Matthew's account of what he saw and what he heard. And that's where we're going to be this morning in Matthew chapter 9. And we're kind of going to pick up in the middle of a conversation that's going on between the Pharisees And Jesus. So let me just set it up for you real quick, and you can go back and read it later if you want. But what's going on here is the Pharisees are questioning who Jesus keeps company with. They're saying, Why are you spending time with these people? And we pick up in in Jesus' response to that question in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. The verse will be on the screen if you'd like to follow along. Jesus, it says, Then he. Added, he being Jesus, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. So, when we understand what Jesus was saying and who he was saying to this, this is kind of offensive to these people because Jesus is quoting the Old Testament prophet of Hosea, and this is something that these guys knew very well that they likely had memorized. And Jesus is telling them, hey, you know that passage of Scripture in Hosea that you know? You really need to go and learn what it means because you have just missed it. You've completely missed it. So let's go over to Hosea. The verse will be up there. And let's go and see if we can learn what Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees. And hopefully we can learn something from it this morning also. Hosea chapter 6. This is the passage that Jesus was referencing there in Matthew 9, he says, Jose writes, I want you to show, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. What Jesus was telling uh, is, hey, more than I want your traditions and more than I want um, these religious activities, what I really want is I really want you to know me. And I really want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to live out your faith. And I believe God is telling us the same thing today. More than I want you to just go through this religious activity, I really want you to know me and my character, and I want you to know how much I love you. I want you to really know my personality. I want you to get to know me. And I think God tells us through this passage too that when it comes to traditions that that we have to be careful because there is a temptation to take that tradition and do it long enough and and it become irrelevant to our culture. And then it becomes a roadblock for us getting the gospel to people. Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 9 and tells the Pharisees why He does... The things He does. He gives a little bit of insight to to why He's spending time with the people He chooses to spend time with. Why He uses the methods that He chooses to use. Jesus says in Matthew 9, For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. The Pharisees were basically saying, hey, hey Jesus, why do you spend time with these people, with these sinners. Hey, Jesus, why, why don't you look and you act like these, uh, these other rabbis, these other teachers? Jesus, why do you use the methods that you use? <laughs> and Jesus simply replied with this truth, I've come for the imperfect people. I've come for the people who realize that they're not perfect. For the sinners. Hey, Stuttgart Harvest, why do you meet in a movie theater? Don't you know that they show R-rated movies up here? Hey, why do you do the things you do? Why would you choose to use um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation as your float theme for the Christmas parade? Have you not seen that movie? Why do you do those things? I think we would respond with not just to be cool, but I think we are a little cool, maybe. But because there's an underlying deeper purpose. Because I believe that we've been called to reach imperfect people. We've been called to, to make relevant worship environments where people can come with walls down and barriers down, and they can hear the simple truth, the message of the gospel, that God, our perfect Heavenly Father, wants a relationship with, His, with us, even though we're imperfect. That's why we do the things we do. And, and we believe that this church has been called just to do that. And we've made a commitment to keep on changing in order to do that. We were crazy enough just to keep changing. Because if if we want to stay relevant, the things that brought you here today, whatever that was, whatever this church did to get you to come through that door, that will not always work. As culture changes, as our community changes, as people change change, then if we're going to continue to be relevant, if we're going to continue to not get hung up on traditions and create barriers for you to have to jump over or walk around or crawl over to get to us, then we're going to have to continue to change. And sometimes those changes will be big, sometimes those changes will be small. And I realize that we are all creatures of habit, and when we talk about change, Um, A little bit of anxiety, you know, comes up in all of us. And we, you know, the things, the way they are, we we often want them to stay that way because that's what we're used to. But we, we believe that God has called us to reach people outside of these walls to be inclusive, not Exclusive. So we're asking you this morning a very simple question. Will you partner with us? Will you partner with us as we do what we believe God has called us to do? And, you know, the one thing that we all have in common here this morning is that we are imperfect. No one is perfect. And Jesus said he's came to call the sinners or came to call the imperfect sinners people. The people who realize that they're sinners. The people who realize that they're imperfect. And if you're here this morning and you know that you're not perfect, you realize that you're imperfect and you believe that that God really sent Jesus in the form of a man, fully God and fully man. Don't really know how that all worked out, but it did. And that He really did die on the cross and three days later He really did raise from the dead. If you believe that and you've never m- made the decision to follow Jesus, what I want to invite you to do is do that if you're ready. And, and what we mean by follow Jesus is that, that you made a decision to make him the boss of your life. And that means that, that you know that you've been doing things your own way for, for, this, for, for your entire life. You've been doing things, following your own heart, doing things your own way. And you want to make a decision to now follow Jesus and follow what he has you to do to the best. Meet you where you are, but not leave us where you are. So he wants to change us from the inside out. And if you've never made a decision to follow him and you're ready, I'd like to invite you to do that. And there's a place on your connection card that says, for the very first time, I'd like to follow Jesus and just mark that, make sure we have a good com, uh, contact information for you. We'd like to to reach out to you. if you're sitting here this morning and in sometime in the past you've chose to follow Jesus, what we would like to invite you to do this morning is uh, join a serving team if you're not on one already. Um, it takes a lot of work. We have people getting here early in the morning to, to make all this this work, so we're ready for, you, for the, everybody to come in and have services. And as we change, you know, if you stay the same, it doesn't require as much people, as much work. But as we change, as we change things, it requires more people and more work. So if you're not, maybe you've signed up for a serving team in the past that didn't work out, sign up, try a different area, give it a shot. Maybe you're already serving. And you say, well, what what can I do? Well, take a, a, just make a personal commitment. To make this a place where people can come in and, and to a relevant environment and not have to jump over obstacles and not have to do... And what, it may be as simple for you as the people that you invite. Just meet them in the parking lot and walk them up to the door. Because you know the first time... Think about the first time that you came to church. That no matter who you are, where you come from, the first time that you came here, you... You may have heard some things, you may not, but you probably had some anxiety about coming up, especially if you came alone, coming up to the first for the first time. So you know there there are very few things in life that, that cause me to lose sleep. I, I I sleep pretty well most of the time. Um, but one thing. that that does keep me up at night sometimes is dreaming about the potential that I believe God has for this church. And what He wants to do in this community, Can can you imagine the impact if we all pulled our talents and our resources to reach the people that are currently not plugged into a church anywhere? the the impact that we could have on our community for this generation, for the generation to come, and the impact that it could have on the kingdom of God. And that's what keeps me up at night sometimes. Because I believe God has big, big plans for Stuttgart Harvest, for you guys. Because He has a plan and a purpose for each person in this room this morning. So I want, you to invite, I want to invite you to go on this journey with us as we change. Like I said, sometimes we'll change a little. Sometimes we'll change a lot, and it may be uncomfortable. You may like what we're doing now, and I think what we're doing now is great. And it's working, and we'll continue to do it as long as it works. But when it doesn't work, we'll change. Or maybe a little bit before it doesn't work, we'll try to change. I'm going to go ahead and ask the band to come up. And I want to pray for us. And as we pray, I just want you, if if for the very first time you're choosing to follow Jesus and your heart's saying what I'm saying, you can just say, you know, that's me. So if you would bow with me in prayer. God, I believe that that You really did come to earth to die on the cross and three days later You rose from the dead. God, I believe You did that for for me and for everybody in this room. God, I'm choosing to follow You to the best of my ability. God, I just pray that, that everyone in this room would be crazy enough to just take another step with us. To go on this journey of, of changing a little bit here and there. And God, I pray that we would, we would never lose sight of, of why you called us here. God, I pray that, that we would always be a place for imperfect people. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you most of all for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.